citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and skyrocketing way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, washing your dishes, vacuuming your rug, or doing some stretches. Oh yeah, I'm joined here in the global studio, as always, by Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? Hey, I'm good, thank you. And by the man who can outbench Arnold Schwarzenegger, Justin Murray. <laughs> oh, yeah. What does bench mean? What does outbench mean, Ethan? To bench is to lift weights while you're lying on your back, right? Like people do at the gym. So if you outbench, last week we kind of talked like, a, like being able to outcook someone. So to outbench would be to be able to bench more weight than someone. Yep, that's it. And it's true. I'm able to bench so much. To bench press, mm-hmm. that's the full word actually. Because you do it while you're lying on top of a bench sort of seat, right? So <laughs> so basically, Justin's arms are really sore from his workout today. Yeah, I got one really quickly. Did you know uh, Did you know that Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups? He pushes the earth down. <laughs> that's a good one. I bet we've used that in the podcast as well. So basically, today we are talking all about being coached versus being taught. What is the difference? And do you really need a teacher or a coach for learning English? So we're really excited for this one. It's a super fascinating topic that we're already getting rolling with before we hit the record button for this podcast. Tons of ideas coming out, so we have that in store for you today. But before we get into that, we're going to roll into today's shout out. So Justin, who do we have a shout out to today? Okay, so this is from Farin, who I believe, if this is the person, I think it is, it's a member of the Fluency Circle, a longtime fan of Real Life English, Farin Ak from Iran. But she says, oh yeah, that's the title. I feel so excited to hear from you, Ethan, and your new co-host, Andrea. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Farin Ak, thanks so much. So if you want a shout out from us, you just have to head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to us, and leave a five-star review. This also helps other people from all around the world Discover Real Life English. Oh yeah. So let's jump in to today's quote. So I believe Andrea has a very special quote that fits perfectly with the topic of today's lesson. Do you want to share that, Andrea? Yeah. So today's quote is uh, from Ben Franklin and it's, tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember, involve me and I learn. So this is actually, I'm really glad you chose this quote today because it's really one of my favorite quotes, um, being a teacher and working in the profession. And I think it's so, so important for, uh, for teachers to really think about, you know, just to, to, you know, talking today about what is a teacher, what is a coach. Um, I think when you're just speaking and regurgitating information, that doesn't sink in with students. They, you know, they forget it. Um, maybe if you talk to them a bit more and you're guiding them, they'll tend to remember. But really, when they are active, when they are actively learning and involved in something, that's what they remember. That's when they're really learning. Couldn't say it better. Oh yeah, that's so awesome. Okay. Well, that said, we are going to be talking all about this. 
We have Andrea is an expert. She spent many years teaching in schools around the UK and here in Barcelona. So she'll be able to share some drops of wisdom with us from her experience. And of course, Justin and I will also share from our experience teaching English learners like you from all around the world. So let's jump into today's main topic. So Justin, first of all, when we say coach, are we talking about your coach who helps you with your bodybuilding competitions? <laughs> no, I think coach is definitely a more general term that we we use to include teacher, but more importantly, it's to motivate people. So in some sense, I think there's a traditional idea that a teacher is a person that gives a lecture in front of 50 people in a classroom and it's one way. The teacher is always there just just sharing their knowledge, their information. But I think in a big sense, this idea has passed. You know, in, in the traditional method, I think the teacher stands in front and talks to the class the entire time. And the student raises her hand and maybe has a chance to say a few words. And but I think this is this is a lot different nowadays. This is something that the students must be involved in learning. Mm -hmm. I remember in university, even like I'd have lectures, especially in the early years that were so big that it's like you weren't allowed to actually raise your hand and ask questions because if, you know, all the students were raising their hands, then the teacher wouldn't even have time to get through the lecture. And I think it's a very kind of unmotivating way to, to teach. So it's good to see that more and more teachers are finding ways to kind of impart knowledge in something that's more impactful and can have more of a long-lasting effect on people. Mr. V, what does impart mean? Impart means that you're kind of like sharing something, right? You're dispersing knowledge. So in this sense, a teacher passes you knowledge ultimately, but a coach motivates you to find the answers yourself. Coach will involve you, engage you, and this is a really a much better way to go about it, at least something that we believe in at Real Life English. Totally. And Luckily, too, I think nowadays it's so fantastic with the internet that it's like you can get someone to coach you online. Right now, we're still, uh, a lot of us are still in confinement, and I think that that's like just so amazing that a lot of people have been able to find different ways to be able to learn online, and uh, even though they're stuck at home. So I think this is easier now than ever. So, Andrea, what would you say that a really great teacher does? Well, I think a really great teacher knows their students and thinks about uh, their abilities and moving them forward. I feel like uh, a good teacher needs to empower the student. I think in my experience, um, one of my goals, no matter the age of the student, was always to, to develop independent learners. That's a really, really important part of, of teaching. And I think from the traditional ways is is something that's completely different and maybe many teachers kind of didn't understand that change in in education but definitely towards the second part of my career as a teacher that's really when I learned just how important that is you know even a four-year-old you need to teach them to be independent um to be able to to start looking after themselves in a way and to to motivate them to to grow and and to learn and to develop their skills mm -hmm. so kind of like another way you might say like that a great teacher isn't just like sharing knowledge or something they're not just lecturing in front of the classroom they're actually empowering people to go out and like discover the knowledge on their own right exactly i th and i think that 
that relates back to the the quote today really really well that's when a student you know really learns is when they are actively involved in their learning um and they are they're moving forward with it so that's the real essence i think of teaching is that empowerment totally there's a really great metaphor that we like to use that is that if you give a man a fish he will eat for a day but if you teach a man to fish he will be able to eat for a lifetime and that that's like really what we're trying to do through our podcast, through our different resources is, you know, not only give you the knowledge, but also be like teaching you to look for that knowledge yourself so that you'll be, you know, eating rich meals your entire life of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it is really important that the teacher will impart that knowledge on their students, but kind of like thinking about traditional method, it comes back to this whole idea of the factory model. There's a really great TED talk mm-hmm. called Schools Kill Creativity by Sir Ken Robinson, a, a Brit like yourself, Andrea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who I think he's been knighted, actually. He's a knight. So he is. He's, uh, yes. <laughs> so he kind of talks about this idea that schools, ultimately, they, they, they were built to really feed the industry of the 20th century or the 19th century. And this factory model of basically the teacher up front just giving students knowledge for them to, to eat that fish ultimately and not really helping them develop the, the ability to think for themselves. This is great for the factories. It's great for the industrial world because it creates great employees, but it doesn't really create people who can think, who can act and think and work independently ultimately. But I think in, in a large sense, the, the whole dichotomy of a coach versus a teacher, it's not really two separate things because a great teacher is a great coach. So Ethan, let me throw this question to you. So what really does a coach do for motivation? How do they, how does a coach help motivate a student? Yeah, I think that a, a coach is a great name because like I think when we hear coach, there's kind of like the joke at the beginning. Most people probably think of like a sports coach, but really like a sports coach, like any great coach that is training an Olympic athlete, they're really like there, you know, not only to like teach that person things, but also to like push them through the really difficult times and to kind of be that person who's like guiding them, you know, through the mistakes and everything. But ultimately, you know, if you're coaching a great swimmer, that person still has to like swim to, to get the medal and everything. Um, so really a coach, they're not actually doing it for you. They're kind of like showing you the doorway, but you still have to step through it. So I think that, you know, basically if you have a really great coach, they are kind of giving you all the resources you need. They're kind of helping you identify your different mistakes and stuff and just really guiding you on the way so that you you don't give up that you're you're really finding your purpose and everything within whatever you're being coached in and in this case you know being coached in english that you're really connected to the why you're learning english oh yeah so andrea let me ask you how the how is the traditional teacher student model changing kind of nowadays how do you see that so when you were talking about the industrial age it makes me think like we we tend to describe that as like victorian times obviously because it was during queen queen victoria's uh, reign and you know um schools being being there to produce factory workers and things like that and when you when you look at the education model in many countries around the world like they really haven't moved on from that Um, And you tend to see this traditional method still of the teacher at the front of the classroom 
regurgitating information and students writing notes like you said Ethan as well like being in college or at university and, and being in a lecture and you're not even allowed to raise your hand to answer a question and right now what's great is that there's been so many developments in education and in many countries around the world people are trying to uh, to try new methods different methods ways of engaging and motivating students more because really being sat at a desk just facing a teacher is not very inspiring at all for students so there's been lots of things happening i mean from my experience in the uk schools really tried new creative ways of teaching so i remember when i first started teaching around 10 years ago there was something called the creative curriculum or the connected curriculum which is where um, subjects were were mixed together they weren't taught separately so instead of having like okay now we have maths now we have english now we have science you had more of an amalgamation of subjects in one so you were teaching more through topics which was really more creative more interesting for the students a bit more open but then what tends to happen from my experience in the uk as well depending on the government then kind of uh, things change so when a new government comes in they like to put their stamp on things so they kind of try and change the way that education is going so what I found and what is one of the reasons why I moved to Barcelona is because it was kind of going back to that Victorian age again with with a new government and so even as a teacher it wasn't very motivating to be in the profession so even for teachers I think it's really important to believe in the the style of teaching or the institution that you're working for in order to be able to motivate your your students too. Uh, yeah, so let me ask you just one quick question about vocabulary. So you said amalgamation. What does that mean? Um, so when lots of different things come together, it's an amalgamation of things. Um, yeah, lots of different things that come together as one. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's the flipped classroom? So the flipped classroom is when it's focused more on the students rather than the teacher. But the teacher is still there, I guess, as, as a guide and everything, but you're really taking your students' interests um, to move forward with their learning. I think there's even been like different experiments really taking that to the extreme where the students kind of set their own curriculum and everything. And I remember like a while ago, we, uh, we actually watched a YouTube video. It was a, it was a case of this. Uh, actually being done, I believe in California or something like that, that the, the students were kind of like, for one, one class uh, of their semester in high school, that they were basically choosing what they wanna, wanted to learn. So some were learning kind of uh, about Shakespeare, other ones were learning about music, about piano, and you know other ones I think like about robotics. And it, it was like very interesting to see how when these students pick something that they were actually really motivated in, how, how much they were able to really excel learning these things on their own and kind of like to ask really good questions and, and it actually showed them kind of like presenting their projects uh, in front of everyone uh, at the end of the semester and you could just see like really their eyes lighting up and everything where maybe you see that like a little bit in the traditional method but surely like when I was in high school I think most of the times anytime you had to do anything like a presentation you would see it's more out of obligation and you didn't really see that same kind of like 
that kind of sparkle in people's eyes when they were, you know, presenting about that that topic and everything. So it's kind of interesting seeing these new methodologies being put into place that really go off of people's motivations and and really recognizing that each person is unique and, and that the same model isn't going to work for everyone. And Andrea, I happen to know that you have kind of been learning a lot about project-based learning and that this has played kind of a big part in, in your life in the the recent times. So do you want to explain what that is? It seems like it's a very cutting edge methodology. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Uh, So project-based learning is where students learn for an extended period of time um, on a problem or a question, like a complex question or some sort of challenge. So they're working together usually, not on their own, but what they can do is they can delegate. So they have to problem solve together. Um, It usually starts with a driving question. So as the teacher or or as the guide, as the coach, however you want to want to think of the teacher in this sense, I definitely think they're more of a guide in project based learning. Um, They're there just to guide the students if they have questions, maybe to to guide them in the right direction of how to work it out for themselves rather than giving them the answer um, or just feeding them information. So it's great for this day and age because it really encompasses 21st century skills which are so important um, for for students now i mean even for us as adults in our working life it really promotes critical thinking problem solving communication which i think also is so important now in the age with social media because people are so used to communicating this way rather than articulating it and speaking it and so project-based learning really allows for different different types of communication i mean technology is brilliant and you can still communicate in that way but it's it's important to to work in all different types of communication and and so project-based learning really um is a great way of teaching because it's like the flipped classroom you know it's it's student-centered it's student-led and the teacher is there as a guide really one of the things you talked about there is like developing problem solving skills critical thinking this kind of reminds me of this whole idea of global competence and global competence is kind of like the hard skill or more kind of the intellectual skill of global citizenship kind of giving people helping people develop the ability to kind of step outside of their perspective think from different perspectives put themselves in other people's shoes think critically about certain issues in the world solve problems together and this is something that i think is really important as an English learner, to not just learn English, but to really become um, multicultural, to be able to adapt those other ways of thinking, problem solve with people from all around the world. And kind of what we talked about last time about like where we're at in the world right now with coronavirus and all these problems that we have, global warming, um, and the dozens of other problems that we have that are really important for us to solve. The only way forward is for us to be able to work together as individuals as communities as countries to be able to solve these problems yeah i definitely think like even the values of project-based learning really match with real life english in that sense you know going beyond the classroom living your english and being a global citizen that's really what it's all about so one thing that you talked about there so going beyond the classroom living your english speaking english in, in the real world this is something we always talk about on the podcast to make your english a fun natural convenient part of your life and this is what you in some sense where you're, you're kind of flipping your learning 
you're instead of going to the classroom two times a week to study English with the teacher, it's more like you are living your English, you're filling your life with English, you're immersing your life with English. And then this is kind of the next topic we'll talk about is actually, do you need a teacher? It's really important to ask yourself, are you living your English enough? So it's like, really, if you're living your English, if you have enough contact with the language, the need for a teacher becomes less and less. Like Ethan and I talked about a few podcasts ago about real world English versus classroom English. If you're a lower level learner and you don't have a lot of contact with English, then obviously going to the classroom and being taught, having a teacher there teach you English, then that's more important because you're still developing that structure and it's your only contact. But the more that you live your English, the more of a foundation that you have. And then the, the classroom English, kind of that traditional role, that teacher is going to play more of a complementary role, helping you kind of compliment and give you that, that feedback and those more structured learning opportunities. So that said, if you're Justin, you're kind of like saying that um, if people are living their English enough, do you think that at that point that, you know, I, I listen to podcasts, I watch TV shows in English, I can even watch them without the subtitles. Do you think you don't need a teacher anymore at that point? You're, you're good just learning on your own? <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think it depends on the teacher, because obviously a great teacher is a great coach and is a great fluency guide too. A great teacher really is a great coach and a great fluency guide. So it really depends on a couple factors. So, uh, for example, I mean, do you have time? Do you have the, the resources for that? Are you really in a phase where you can dedicate yourself to, to really apply the feedback that you're getting to exercise your English in that way? What, what other ways might really determine if you need a teacher or not? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to depend a lot to on an individual's goals, right? Because like some people, if you get up to that point where you can watch TV series, um, you can travel and, and you can communicate with people, for a lot of people that's enough and, and they don't need to get beyond that point other than that kind of like day-to-day use. But I know like some people, they have kind of like higher goals that they really want to be maybe at a native level or they, they really want to or need it even for, you know, uh, for work or for, for studies or something like that. And they need to have like really excellent English. And if, you know, that's your goal, then I think it's going to be very difficult to get there without having a really good coach that can uh, kind of guide you where you're still making mistakes. Because even if you're able to get to a really fluent level, uh, you still need someone to kind of point out where are those pronunciation errors that you're still making? Where are the grammatical errors that you're still making? And that they have like kind of the resources and the skills to help you to overcome those those different issues. So I think that it definitely kind of requires someone to kind of like reflect on like, you know, what for me is good enough for my for my English. And depending on that, maybe you'll need one type of coach or another, or maybe you don't need one at all. Another aspect of this, which we haven't really talked about, kind of the whole notion of a fluency guide. So you have like somebody teaching you, having that one-on-one relationship, having a teacher kind of be able to give you that feedback and stuff. But in another sense, you're always going to be consuming native material. So you constantly hear like, oh, I didn't understand that word. Or you need somebody to explain to you like like some ninja rule from English. So what we're doing with learning of TV series and real life English, a lot of times we're breaking down these native pieces of content to really help give you a more advanced perspective on this stuff. So how would you describe that, Ethan, what we're doing on the on the channel, Learning with TV series? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in a way it, it's guiding you. I think it also is kind of like coaching you. Like maybe you don't always need it to be necessarily 
a coach who's actually there in person with you or, or who's talking directly to you to be able to get coached by it. I mean, you know, there's so many great resources out there for being able to learn on your own and to get a certain level of guidance and everything. So, you know, we're helping you to be able to, on your own, to kind of get those resources that you need to learn so kind of like the the role that we're playing with our courses and, and to some extent with this podcast and with our videos and everything is that we're kind of trying to play that role of like that native friend who helps you to kind of find the, the right answers or helps you to kind of like play with the language. Uh, because like a lot of times I think that we find that learners will be very confused about, you know, what are what is like the next thing that I have to do or what should I really do to like live my English. And so we're trying to always develop new resources that help you to really make the language a part of your life and, you know, to be that native friend who is kind of pushing you in the right direction. So Andrea, I'm just curious what you think. So what role does self-development have for the English learner in their journey to fluency? Yeah, so self-development is an important part of, of life. And as an English language learner in your journey, I think it's really important to be as resourceful as you can. So um, thinking about what resources are available to you and finding the right ones for where you are at on your journey. So going back to what Ethan mentioned earlier, whether or not you really need a teacher at that stage of your learning or whether or not you need a coach, I think it really depends on how resourceful you are on your own. And maybe if you're finding at that point in your in your journey that you're you're not, maybe that's when you do need to look for um, different resources or if you can't find them yourself, actually look for a teacher or a coach that's going to guide you in the right direction. Yeah, that's interesting that you're, you're talking about that. So I think when you're a beginner or when you're doing those traditional classes, kind of like what I was saying earlier, you you oftentimes need a coach if, if you're not motivated to move forward. Sometimes a coach can really help give you some of those internal resources that you're talking about, some of those ideas, like for example, having a growth mindset or the idea of grit or determination and really help you find those resources to build those habits that are gonna make you successful. And then from that point, once you're actually, you're living your English, you're practicing, then it's like, I think, a lot of times that technical feedback is something that you can't get from your own motivation. It's like if you're super motivated, there's so much you can do to learn. There's so many resources on the internet. There's so many videos you can watch, podcasts you can listen to, and you're going to have no problem finding all that stuff and learning, but you can't get that feedback. And this is where the teacher comes in to give you that technical feedback. Totally. And I, I think it's like really interesting to take like an integral perspective if you're looking at self-development in, in general, I think when you kind of start developing other skills or you're just like learning about how to improve yourself, uh, so many of those things will directly apply to your English. And like a lot of things we talk on this podcast are things that you can also apply to other areas of your life. So I think when you're kind of having the right coach will motivate you maybe beyond just learning English, but you'll actually be using that as a doorway to improve other areas of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe the final question if you want to know whether you need a coach or a teacher, you might want to ask yourself, okay, to what degree are you living your English? Are you making English a fun, natural, convenient lifestyle? Is it enough of, of, of a strong habit so that you have the base so that when you go to those classes, you're actually getting the most out of them? Are you, are you, are you doing the exercises from those classes? So when you go and you get that feedback, are you going home and applying it? 
are you listening to the teacher? Are you getting the most out of this class? Because a lot of people aren't. Are you coming with questions? Are you curious? Is it something that, that you're really passionate about when you're, when you're in that classroom, you're taking advantage of the classes? I think too, it's just like a really big indicator can be when you're, when you're there in the classroom or when you're there talking to your coach, your teacher, whatever, are you bored or are you excited? Are you motivated? The bulk of the time anyway, because maybe there's always like certain moments where you could be a little bit bored, but in general, you know, if you're bored for too long, then maybe you're not being challenged enough and maybe you need something that's going to push you more, whether that is uh, kind of finding new resources, signing up for a new course or finding a different or new coach or teacher. I think that also kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier about having independent learners, about being an independent learner, is that if you're truly motivated, then you'll be more independent. I think they kind of go together in a way because, you know, if something's not quite right, then you'll be independent in the way that you try to fix it, um, whether it's seeking help from someone else or working it out on your own or you know, if you're, if you're not doing the exercises to practice at home, or if you're not going to class with questions, then you're not really being an independent learner in that sense and, and taking ownership of your learning as well. So I feel like just from this discussion that we've had, being an independent learner and motivation really come together um, in a way in, in, this, in this aspect of um, thinking about someone's learning journey. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that it's really important to note too, like with that, that being an independent learner doesn't mean that you're not also interdependent. So saying that you're independent, it has more to do with that you're taking responsibility for your own learning. You're not expecting someone else to do it for you or blaming external circumstances for not being able to learn. It means that, you know, you're, you're taking the responsibility. You are doing everything that you can do. You're being proactive and that you are seeking help when you need it. You're asking for help from people who know more than you, who can have the experience to guide you. So I think it's, that's a really interesting concept to think of like, are you an independent learner? Not in the sense that you're just like learning by yourself, but rather that you're like responsible for your own learning. Uh, yeah, guys. So what you just said, that's really inspiring and totally true. So I think this is a good point for us to finish this podcast. Fantastic. So thanks so much for joining us today. And I hope that you've gotten a lot out of this. I hope that if you currently have a teacher that you'll appreciate them a little bit more or that you'll get some new ideas to propose in your classroom. If you don't have a teacher right now, that maybe you will reflect on whether or not it might be a good idea to look for a really great coach who can kind of help to push you and motivate you on your journey. And, you know, we're excited to be here with you every week, helping you to helping to guide you on your path to English fluency so that you can live and speak English in the real world. Oh. Oh.